What are you snacking on over there? Some hard boiled eggs. Ooh, yummy. That's that's one of the that's one of the sexiest foods, I think. <laughs> I always, so? whenever I'm on a first date, I will go and I'll bring my own hard boiled eggs to a restaurant and that's all I'll eat. Shelled or deshelled? Uh deshelled, yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah, because I don't want her to I don't want to have the chance that I start to deshell it and I get one of the eggs that doesn't deshell easily and I'm here just destroying this egg and she's thinking this guy doesn't even know how to cook a fucking egg. There are tricks to boiling an egg. <laughs> you know, I've 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 gotten it down to the point where I probably get one tough peeler every two dozen eggs, which I'm okay with that. With, with That's those pretty eggs. good. Yeah. That's pretty good. What, what are your tricks? Well, I, I like mine to be a little soft on the inside. Right. So as soon as it's in boiling, while it's boiling, I get a nice bath going. So I get a big bowl, fill it with ice cubes, put water in it. So it's really, really cold. And as soon as it's done, as soon as I drain the hot water, I just toss them right in the cold water. Okay. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, like like a super fast like temperature difference yeah. causes the egg to shrink inside the shell, and then you can just peel it off real easy. Well, the one thing that I saw online that I don't think most people do, but I've started doing, and it helps, and it gives it a little flavor too, is you put a little bit of urine in it. <laughs> like just a cup. Is that right? Yeah, like a big gulp cup. Of yarn. Now, is that like is that like when you're super hydrated or not hydrated enough? Like, how what kind what kind of color are we talking about here? You know, it's been a, hydrated or non-hydrated urine is better than no urine. So, ideally, you're doing the dehydrated urine because it's very yellow. It's very dark. I almost said thick. My urine's not thick. Um, it's very, very condensed. And so it's like this, it's mm. this, I, I almost said thick again. I don't know why I'm using the adjective. Thick. I don't know. <laughs> it's this condensed <laughs> marinade that the eggs are in. And so when, when you sit them and they slosh around for a while in that uh, Gatorade like substance, it comes out and it has this just delicious tangy taste to them. And, and where did you see this online? Pornhub. Welcome to episode 64 of the Just Jiu-Jitsu podcast. I am Andrew Desimone here with... Ryler Gracie. And this is our fourth or fifth episode where we haven't trained. Yeah. So we're going on about a month now, right? No training? Yeah. yeah, like I think it was It's literally 32 days since we closed. Yeah. And if you're listening listening to this episode in the future, it's this is the whole Corona thing. So it's it's the fun part of 2020. Uh, we have gotten into the habit of just getting out of work. It, I mean, some people are not working. Uh, you right. and I are both working right now, but get out of work. We're, we're essential. We're essential. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know how I could be described as essential, but hey, it's. It's it's something. Did you, see that, did you see that they just extended it again? Yes, I saw that. Just at two thirty, they they mentioned that it's till yeah. May first now. Yeah, another eleven days or so. Now, for you, once they 
stop extending it. Are you, is that the green light for you to open the gym back up or are you looking for other things? No, I mean, once they, once they tell me that I can open the school back up, it's illegal to open the school back up. I'll be, you know, obviously I'll be contacting like doctors that we know and stuff and kind of get their input because they're dealing with that. Like, locally you know what i mean like it doesn't mm-hmm. help me to call to see what a doctor in california or new york is saying so once they lift the ban i'll probably contact the doctors in the area and that that you know that train with us and stuff and say hey what, what's what's the scoop here should we open should we wait is it safe and, and kind of go from there yeah because um, your your business is a tough one that it is it, it goes against every single <laughs> safety guideline and so you have to you have to really Make, you know what we should do? Group showers before class. Is that right? Yeah, just to make sure everyone's clean. <laughs> That's right. Okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and how are we checking that they're clean? Well, we're all showering together. It's a group shower. And so, oh. so yeah, everyone, you, pass, you have a bar of soap, and you uh-huh. lather up. You give it to the person next to you. They lather up, and the person who's waiting for the bar of soap is checking to make sure the person in front of them is lathering up. So everyone's being checked. Now the person who is last doesn't have anyone behind them. So the person who finished the shower at first will walk around to the back of the line. Gotcha. Make sure that, that guy lathers up and cleans himself. Gotcha. All right. I, 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 I I'm not okay with that, but I mean, I don't, oh. it wouldn't bother me, but I think it would bother a, a lot of people. Yeah. I thought you were going to say, I'm not opposed to that, but I mean, I'm not, I mean, we make it happen. I just don't know that it's good for the business. I think there'll be all sorts of legal issues and consequences. Well, but the people will have to sign a form. That's for sure. Oh, okay. And, and in order to train, that's, that's just part of the, part of the thing. And maybe it catches on. Maybe that's just what we do from now on. I don't know. We'll, we'll just see. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, I think that's not a good plan. Isn't that how like Elio and Carlos started out? Isn't that what the whole thing, like that's how they used to do it, right? Am I mistaken in that? You are, you are mistaken in that. That is not true. Oh, all right. <laughs> I thought I was just going back to our roots. Never mind. Yeah, no, that's, that may, maybe it's that website again that you're looking for food and, you know, that's, instructions. Okay. Uh, well, speaking of <laughs> websites and articles that I read, I saw Hodger Gracie. Yeah. recently yeah, he got sick yeah he, he had corona and he is on the upswing now and it sounds yep. like he's feeling a lot better yeah he uh he posted something um either he or henzo posted something on our family chat and kind of talked about it um yeah i mean it, it hit him pretty hard and i think it's one of those things that i don't know maybe it made me take a step back and go, you know, Hodger's pretty much a, an Olympia level athlete, you know, eats super clean, works out all the time. And he, he said his first symptom wasn't even necessarily like the fever. Like he said, he woke up in the middle of the night, um, thought that he was going to have a heart attack. So he called the ambulance and, or called the, the emergency service and ambulance came, picked him up and he got tested positive and yeah, put him in like critical situation for like 10 days yeah he said he had a high fever for 10 days straight and he said it was the worst he's felt in his entire life yeah which a guy like him saying that speaks speaks to how drastically just destructive that could be i mean it's not it's not if if you see him saying that you're like oh my god it's terrible if you see me going oh it, it just 
it was the worst I've ever felt. And I just, I, I couldn't handle it. People are like, well, yeah, you couldn't handle like, like a cold blanket around your shoulders without like falling apart. <laughs> Hodger saying he couldn't handle it. That's, that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've seen how often you get sick and, and yeah. yeah. Hey, and yeah, you know you're, what? You're right. Here's what else I, I, I could, I was, I was happy to hear about Hodger, but I couldn't help but think this the whole time I read that. Okay. Fucking Croiler thinks he's immune to all sickness and that, and that he is, he is the almighty God of immune systems. And no, see, unless you're going to tell me here and now that you are stronger than Hodger Gracie, you have to admit that you are susceptible to illness. I'm just saying that I haven't gotten sick yet. <laughs> you're saying what? I haven't gotten sick yet. So you're saying that Hodger Gracie is a pussy. Wow. No, I, all I'm saying is, is I, I haven't gotten sick yet. <laughs> and I don't wish that upon you. Yeah, but you I, just hope I, can this, see, I can see it in your face. <laughs> I don't wish that you get this. I just hope this shakes you to the core, okay? okay. I, hope you, I hope you have had a couple nights where you're in bed thinking. Well, if it makes you feel any better. Like this whole Corona thing has shaken me in my bed because obviously I'm not training and that's doing a lot of damage to my mental health. <laughs> right. I just know every time I'm sick, I see the way you look at me with this, with this pity, but this, this real air era of superiority where you think, <laughs> you think, Oh, this poor, this poor weak mortal. I, it must be tough to be so fragile. And so, listen, Zeus, Olympus can fall as well. <laughs> Zeus, man, I don't even get to be Odin. I get to be like Zeus. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is going to be similar to the last one. The, the theme for the last few episodes is based, is, has been us just slowly falling apart, to not having a format to anything, and it's our, our brains just don't work. They're, they don't work linearly anymore because most of us don't even know what day it is. We just know that it's, I'm, I'm, fair, I'm, I'm 75% certain it's 2020 still. And I think, I, I'm, I think that it's April, which means let's see, April is, April is Croiler's birthday. <laughs> April, eight, April 18th is the birthday of young Croiler Gracie. 14th, not 18th. <laughs> oh, today's the 18th, isn't it? Yeah. April today's 14th. the 17th. Today's the 17th. Okay. And <laughs> you're, you're worse off than I am. <laughs> oh, man. See, I told you. I really don't know what. I, I don't know. Time is just time's a, con, a construct. So who? who yeah, it doesn't say? exist. I get yeah. it. Uh, so <laughs> happy, happy late birthday. Um, Thank people, you. listeners of the show, if you'd like to send Croiler a nice email or like Photoshop something of him, that's always welcome. Anything with his likeness and a Disney princess is always uh, appreciated. I, not by me. <laughs> <laughs> well, this isn't about you, okay? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> well, happy birthday and thank you. And uh, without saying anything, anything like sappy, I it's 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 an honor to be a podcast co-host with you. I think that's Thanks. I think in the realms of camaraderie and brotherhood, you have we are like in the same pool as 
soldiers who go into battle, like people who were in Vietnam together. <laughs> that's where podcast hosts are with each other. Hey, if that's if that's how you see it, <laughs> you're supposed to say, "Yeah, I agree." I think it's hard to compare like the bonds forged in war to like the podcast over Zoom. <laughs> well, our bonds are forged in the war of the audio wars of 2020 and yeah i mean guess there is that <laughs> i think any veteran listening would would right now agree with me and definitely not be mad and yelling at the at his phone or headphones. not at all not at all <laughs> okay so let's get to our first listener email This one comes from Chris. Chris says, I'm looking for some advice. I'm a 45-year-old blue belt from the States, working in China, and we're starting to train again over here. All right, so that, well, that's, that's a positive light at the end of the tunnel for us, right? We, we see that someone who's in the heart of, of COVID is, yeah. is, is getting to train again. Yeah, I'm not training. He's training. I'm a little <laughs> but I mean, sure, you could be happy for him, right? Absolutely. <laughs> there you go. Uh, he says, uh, you're learning empathy slowly, very slowly, or at least how to mimic it. Something like that. <laughs> he says, I'm 150 pounds and have managed to do permanent harm to my body through combat sports, and I'm left with no ACL. I'm lucky enough to have found some amazing instructors in my area who've been helping me to re-enter the quote-unquote gentle art after thinking I never would do anything again. I feel like they have, I feel like they have me on a great course to developing my A-game, which benefits from earlier grappling sports like wrestling and also accounting for the holes from that background. My question, I will never have an ACL again, and my leg has weaknesses even after constant rehab. What guards and positions should I avoid and develop with this shortcoming in your experience. I'll be practicing jujitsu for the rest of my life, so I'm not in a hurry, but I want to have a defined path to walk down. Well, I'm, I'm just more curious as to how he did permanent ACL damage to himself. Like that's Alligator more fight. of his, is that what it was? Wow. <laughs> I mean, that's a much more impressive uh, feat than, than how to come back from that. I mean, um, no, so first, like, yeah, I mean, like, I would want to know why operation is not in the books and why we're not reattaching, you know, in today's um, medical, you know, technology and, and abilities. Like, there, there should be no such reason as to why it's permanent, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but besides that, um, you know, there's guys like Gordo who essentially created a, an entire guard around their this, their their issues, you know, their injuries. Um, so, you what know, was his injury? He he had a knee injury when he was a purple belt, and essentially he couldn't do close guard um, efficiently, and he never gave himself time to recover. So when he came back, he started doing half guard, you know, um, and he he's really kind of like the father of half guard. He's the the guy that. Um, took a took a disadvantage or disability and developed an entire attacking and defensive system 
around it. And and now it's something that's a staple jujitsu, something that we just do now, you know. So and there's plenty of other examples, you know, Jean Jacques, um, who who doesn't you know he doesn't have you know all, all fingers in his hand you know he he grappled gi and no gi like that and it didn't affect him so um the 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 cool thing about that is there's plenty of examples before chris who of guys who were able to not only overcome their injuries and their disabilities but also you know become a formidable force um with that in mind, you're, if, you, if you're a blue belt and you're not doing this as a living, you should really be taking it easy and allowing your body to heal, kind of listening to your body. As far as guards go, um, I would stick to, to simpler guards that are less taxing on your legs. You know, um, things like um, like half guard would be an ideal situation, you know. Um, particular styles of half guard may even be safer for his knees than others. You know, something like a knee shield versus a Z guard, you know, um, things like that. Um, other than half guard, I might recommend something like like a seated butterfly, you know, or a shin on shin. Um, but that, that would depend on the extent of damage and, and, and how his knee is able to handle that pressure. With a, with a no ACL, I'm trying to remember, what are the movements that you're limited to? What limited to? The, the ACL essentially is supposed to slide, it's supposed to stop um, tibia, mobili- or tibia instability. So like forward, like forward bearing weights and, and, and things like that. Um, so I don't know. Like I said, it all depends on the extent of damage you can have where a tibia slides out of place where the joint, you know, um, can't fire. The muscles won't fire the right way. Instability is always a big, big deal. Um, ACL is usually a pretty serious injury. But like I said, with, with um, technology today, I mean, you should be able to come back. You know, Gordon Ryan, I think, blew an ACL, and he was back seven months later. What is, what is a guard you can do with essentially one leg? I mean, half guard. You could do half guard with one leg. Um, well, very minimal work of your second leg, you know. Mm. You can do butterfly, one-legged butterfly. Um, again, it all, it's all, it takes creativity to work around it, you know. Um, you can even do lasso guard. Um, one-legged as well um but but it's it's limited your leg that is strong would be the one that is wrapped around correct 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 and then the leg that's injured would just be used to maybe like what like posting up on a hip and then like yeah it'd be a post you know post to keep distance or, or maybe use it to for mobility on your back, you know, to system mobility since it can be used for much else anyways. Um, but also depends on, on your partners. You know, if you go to a school that's full of assholes that don't care about you and your injury, it doesn't matter how safe you try to be. It's going to, you know, you're going to get hurt. Right. So. Well, that is that for Chris. Uh, next one we're going to do is Kyle. Uh, first of all, he thanked us because we answered one of his questions in our Descent into Madness episode. And then he said, it sounds like you both may be bored. So I figured I could send Professor Croyler a match to critique. <laughs> I actually have the video up in front of me. Yeah. Now, 
I'm not, I know that people are, some people are listening right now going, God damn it. I thought you weren't going to critique any more videos on the, <laughs> on the podcast. Don't worry. We're not going to do a complete walkthrough like we did last time where we watch it. Uh, but what we'll do is we will, we'll link to this on uh, Facebook and what we'll do. So it's still helpful to people only listening is we're just going to talk about some of the things that, um, that Kyle does that would also apply to all of us while we roll. Um, now he does say here, so he says, please keep in mind that this is a white belt versus white belt match where I'm the smallest midget in the circus with the blue gi. Uh, I, and then he says, I'm fully pre- prepared to receive the tongue lashing from Croiler towards the end of the match. And he says, give him some credit. He was experimenting on this one. So, Hey, we've all, we've all been, ex- we've all experimented a little bit, right? I mean, that's just, you, you can't, you can't criticize us for that, right? I, I can. <laughs> I can. <laughs> okay. Let's, all right. Let, let, let's start off on this. Now, how, how, would, how do you want to do this? I wrote down things that like I noticed and do you have like bullet points that you. Yeah. I mean, like, like I said, I, I watched it last night. I'm, I'm watching it a little bit right now. Mm-hmm. So the, the first thing I noticed and it happens, they both do this. Um, you know, the, the match starts on their feet and then these guys are both white belts. Um, so, you know, you got to give them credit for even doing this, but um, they go out there and they're not necessarily even trying to do like any truly technical takedowns. I think they're just trying to imitate what they've seen in class. Mm-hmm. However, it's more effective than the guys that are actually doing perfect takedowns because as soon as they grab a hold of anything, they just kind of sit and pull guard, yeah. you know, and, and that's partially on them for not one studying takedowns better two fighting for the takedown a little bit more and three when they are falling to their guard you know enjoy, you know ensuring that they're not getting scored on and that they're falling in the right way it, it seems to me and this is a, a, a problem in the just community where a student is not given a lot of direction mm-hmm. and i don't know if this is the case or not but it looks that way and they're just imitating behavior that they've seen in competition or behaving or imitating behavior that they see at their own school, you know, guys that aren't really fighting for takedowns, you know, they're not really defending, you know, which is pretty common with all new people, even, I mean, white belts and blue belts and probably even a little higher. Right. Right. Um, other than that, they, they kind of spent quite a bit of time in guard. Um, the guy in the bottom, uh, the, the guy in the black, not Kyle, he, um, he tried some, more advanced things, you know, like homoplatas and triangles and stuff, which again, it's all fine and great and good. And I'm not going to knock on that, but he is a white belt and he should be looking for more fundamental things that are more likely to work at his level than something a little bit more advanced that I don't think he should be doing yet. You know, he tries an homoplata, which causes him to, you know, give up his guard and get past, um, and then it's Kyle, right? Kyle's on top. He gets to half, which is just fine. He does a good job there. He kind of switches his hips, but he doesn't. He tries to switch his hips to face the legs, which generally speaking in half guard, that's a pretty reasonable and sound way of passing half. But um, when you don't, 
and this is something that can be applied to all levels, anybody's listening. When you don't really have faith in in your technique or in your jiu-jitsu or in the jiu-jitsu technique, you tend to you tend to try to make it work by using physicality. And he became so like stiff and so rigid, you know, when he switched his hips because he he's like, this is the right thing to do. Now I'm just going to hold on to this forever until the opportunity happens. Well, he became so stiff and so rigid that he's he just got bumped over second or third time through. But that's a little bit of an experience on his part. Well, I noticed that part where, and I've I've done this plenty of times where I'm I get to side control and I turn. Uh, I turn towards their legs and then I don't, you said his case, he's rigid. That wouldn't all, when you're swept, sometimes it could just be your, there's a balance of you want your weight on them, but not too far to one side. Cause then it, that's when it's easy for them just to tip you right over. Correct. You mean like to bump into you, right? Like when you switch your hips to face. Yeah. Yes. Right. So, so again, that goes back to like the, the true, true understanding of technique, right? So let's look at physics. Um, you know, if, if he bumps into you, he's stomping the floor or pushing off the floor, right? The floor obviously doesn't move that drives his zips up into you. And there's all the momentum and that, that essentially that force coming your direction. If we're stiff and we hold on to it, our body cannot adapt, so we get tipped. What would be the correct response? Because you can say, well, what if I am really relaxed, but the energy is just so much it overwhelms me? Then you need to create a, uh, a force that's moving in the opposite direction that's at least the same amount of power. So for them to push off the ground and bump into you, they have to open their legs. Okay, In half guard, if you switch your hips and you face the, the opponent's legs and you're on top, for them to bump into you with any sort of power, they will open their legs, okay? Once that happens, that trapped leg is no longer trapped and you can back step, you know, you can long step backwards, stomp the floor behind you, and now you have energy going towards the opponent just as they have energy coming into you and essentially they'll cancel out and you get a free side mount pass. Okay. Obviously this was not done here. <laughs> um, but you know, then he gets he gets rolled, he gets guard back, and he did a good job there of of immediately getting his closed guard, you know, into play, which is which is good. It's a solid fundamental thing to do. Um, I did not necessarily love the fact that he didn't have a plan in closed guard. Um, it just looked like he was just looking for grips and getting things the best he could. He's trying a some sort of weird sweep that wasn't going to work because it was just not not the right grips, not the right setup. Are you talking about, it, there was one point where he went for the sweep of so, so, someone's in your guard, you you put maybe one hand of your hands down on the mat and then you throw your hips up against their stomach, their chest in hopes of like throwing them back. Yeah, the hip over sweep, right? Yes, he tried that a couple times and I think he ran into a problem a ton of people run into where you just you do it and they don't move at all. What what what's the what was what's the problem when that happens? Yeah, what what is the problem with that? We we kind of troubleshooted that at our school, right? The hip over a bum sweep. Uh, we talked about you sit up, you put your hand on the ground, you grab the belt, 
you hip over, bump over, the opponent falls, et cetera, et cetera. So what, what, what was one of the key things that we discussed with, you, with that? You have to hit high on their high on their body, like around like the nipples or something, right? Like chest. That, that's, that's not it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, for a second, I thought you're going to have it. Then I was like, no, <laughs> uh, no, I remember part of it was you, your force goes, you have to be above their, their hips or something or, well, so, you're going to be above so, their hips anyway. Yeah. So we talked about head height, right? So the person applying the sweep has to have their head height has to be taller than their opponent's head height. Right. So generally speaking, your hips are already over the opponent's hips. So if you put your hand on the mat and you prop yourself up, your head, generally speaking, is going to be taller than your opponent's head. And that allows you to sweep them over. If your head height is lower in a hip over sweep, then what happens is the the opponent, your ability to to thrust into the opponent's chest and create that pivot where they roll over is, is, is stymied because the opponent is low, is um, taller than you and you can never reach enough height. So, you know, in, in this example, that's made even worse by the fact that he never propped up on his hand. He stays on his shoulder the whole time, which means that the opponent, even though the opponent isn't necessarily sitting upright, he is already taller than, than Kyle here. He's already taller than the person trying to apply. You, you got to get taller than them. You got to get a head height above their head in order to make the sweep work. What about a situation like this where the guy looked like he may have had almost a foot on him? Right. So even then, right? So even then it would be okay because remember, he's got a grip. In this in the video, he's got a grip on the belt. I, I'd like that grip to be on the elbow instead. But that allows him to pull him pulls, to pull himself up, right? You got to remember his hips are right above the guy's hips, so it's just a matter of getting his head above the guy's head. With that elbow grip, he can the grip and the elbow, he can pull himself up and be taller than him, you know. But 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 the the Kyle here, he he just stayed down the whole time and mm-hmm. had the wrong grip. So okay, um, moving along. Anything else you saw there? Yeah, whenever it failed, whenever it looked like he was trying that sweep and it wouldn't work, it looked like he was trying to do like a like a uh, like a straight elbow crush, you know. And and that's fine and good. It's a good technique. What, what do you mean elbow crush? Um, it's basically whenever your opponent's hand is around your collarbone, shoulder, neck area, and you pinch your head into it, gable grip around their elbow, and kind of crush into it, like like something like Doctor How likes to do. A lot. Gotcha. Um, which is very powerful, very effective technique, both as a means of control and sweeping, but as a means of submission. Um, it looks like he was trying that, which which I'm not completely mad at. However, um, you know, he 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 never moved his hips in order to make that technique work. It, elbow crush, elbow crushing arm bars. Like usually, your your hips need to be very mobile and they need to be active, and his were not because he was still so gung ho about doing the hip over sweep. Okay. Well, the other thing too I thought of was with that hip over sweep, the series we did where when the hip over sweep doesn't work, there are, I think we did what, three quick, or was it two things you could do when that didn't work? When you went up for that and one was if they pushed into you, you can go for the Kimura and there was the other one where 
Uh, we did a bunch of stuff. We did we did guillotines off of it. We did yes, you know, those were the two that stuck with me the most. Even though I couldn't remember one of them there, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the guillotine and the kimura. Yeah, we also did um, triangles. We did omoplatas. We did back takes. We did all sorts of different stuff from there. Yeah, um, so that if you're someone who who fails a lot at that sweep, I guess you would say learn how to do the sweep right, uh, or just learn how to. <laughs> Uh, sweep right a good submission <laughs> if it doesn't work <laughs> well but 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 remember like to me like just because you can you can you have a move that follows the the initial technique that is not an excuse to have a poor initial technique because so let's say you do a any and this is for any combos right so if my first technique in a combo is perfect mm-hmm. it's over i win right if um if the first technique is perfect and you defend perfectly right my base for the follow-up will be much better than if i shot a 50 percent technique and you stopped it perfectly now my 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 foundation is not nearly as good so my follow-up will already be weaker and your defense because it was perfect will have a better standing you know starting place in my my second technique got it so yeah so even even if you like the kimura better even if you like the guillotines and the triangles and the back takes better the first technique still needs to be very powerful okay Uh, as this match progresses he then there's a point where his opponent transitions to side control and then um kyle rolls turns away from him yes and that that was horrible you weren't a fan of that no no he he was about to turtle and i think before he got the chance to turtle the 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 white belt took his back yeah he he, i think he gift wraps him and then just takes his back yeah that's exactly what happened yeah so uh remember kyle said he's ready for a tongue lashing so Usually I'd say hold back, but here he gave you permission. You, you can you can go go to town on him. Well, the 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 problem I have with with Kyle here is one he made a comment I think in his email if I and correct me wrong that he wishes he had his lucky gi. Oh yeah, I didn't read that part. He did say yeah. Uh, yeah. He said I I regret not wearing a lucky gi that day, but my origin gi held up. Yeah, so that's my first problem is because, you know, he could have had whatever fucking key he wanted. It wasn't going to help him in that particular match. You know what would have helped him in that particular match? Um, you know? Definitely his lucky key. Yeah, I know that. Um, yeah, I, it would have helped if he uh, paid attention to the details. Mm, I mean, that helps, but, but uh, paying attention to the details doesn't mean you're going to look cool while you're doing this. If you have a good gi, you're going to look stylish at the very least. As it stood, he didn't look stylish or very good. (laughs) 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 No, um, the, the other, the other issue with, with it all is the fact that he, he started to turtle, right? That's the biggest problem I have, you know, imitating, the takedown, you know, how to do a takedown, how to defend a takedown. Like, I get it. You're a white belt. You just, you just don't know any better. I can excuse that. You know, the, the, the sloppiness on the hip over sweep, which was arguably the, the only, 
real technique in the match. Um, the, the sloppiness in a technique, you know, I, I get that too. Like you're, you're a white belt. You don't know any better. Like that's excusable. Um, the turtling is not excusable. And, and because the turtling, you know, you're, you're in the, his instructor, whoever his instructor is, should be telling them like, don't ever turtle. Like there's no benefit to this, but his instructor may not be saying that. Right. So you can say, well, then it's not Kyle's fault. He doesn't know any better. Well, kind of, because, you know, if I told you, Hey, Andrew, don't run your head into the wall. Just because I didn't tell you that doesn't mean that you're going to do it. You see what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have to tell you what not to do because it's a stupid idea. You see what I'm saying? Right. Like, so even though his instructor may not have told him like, Hey, turtling is a horrible idea. Only losers turtle. Right. Because just because his coach didn't say that does not give him an excuse to turtle. And, and he may be new enough that he hasn't turtled enough to see that every time he turtles, he loses, you know, but I hope that over time he, he realizes that turtling is just going to end the match early for him in a bad way. Anything else for Kyle before we, we say goodbye? That's it. Our last question. This is, this is one that I don't think we've discussed at all on the podcast. What is the art of fall? Oh, arts to fall. Arts to fall. Who asked that? That was, these are, it's a list of just miscellaneous questions that I've, I've had from like, oh. it's like the grab bag of emails. Yeah. And no, arts to fall is, um, I don't know what they call it in judo. Um, there I'm sure is a name, a very specific name in judo in, in Brazil. Arts to fall or art of falling is, uh, is a very old school, uh, system to teach people, uh, whether they're competitors for self-defense purposes, you know, just hobbyists on how to properly fall. And it's, it's a, it's a set of exercises. I believe there's 10 of them, uh, which we, you, you practice those exercises and essentially at the completion of one exercises, you, you graduate to the next level and you go through all 10 and the idea being, if you learn to fall, if you learn that system, um, you can fall without, you know, we can fall avoiding a lot of harm and injury. Um, so it's like uh, guys like the do parkour, um, they are like masters as, at the arts of as arts of falling, even if they haven't practiced it. You know, the, the whole idea with arts to fall is how can I spread the, the uh, energy from the impact uh, over a period of time and over several parts of my body. That way it's not concentrated in, in one area very suddenly. So the, the whole system is how, how do I spread that fall? How do I spread that energy so that I don't, I don't break essentially on contact? Okay. What kind of, what kind of, how is that applied to jujitsu? Do you see many people doing that nowadays? Um, n- not in America, mostly because, um, it's, it's not sexy. You know what I mean? Like you, you come into a school and, and somebody says, Hey, you know, we're going to line up and we're going to do this, just 10 exercises, this, these, these drills for, Oh, what are they for? So that when you fall, you don't break your shit. Yeah. I'm not going to fall though. So you see what I'm saying? Like that's the mentality. And, and 
nobody really appreciates it until they're in a competition or in the competition practice or a judo class or a wrestling class and they get their shit thrown into the ground really hard you know knowing how to fall is super super important i mean you look at, at wrestlers you look at judo judo fighters you know um even high level jiu-jitsu you see these guys get tossed and like hard on the ground and it doesn't affect them you know you take a regular guy in the street and you toss him like that you just about kill him you know think of like a guy like um like a ben Askren or jordan burrows or you know like any of these high level wrestlers think of them like doing like a really power double on somebody as hard as they can you know on concrete like you might just kill somebody you know what i mean like or or like a good judo fighter doing like a, you know a very very aggressive like you know drop seonage or or taotoshi like you, you might break a break, break somebody on contact you're a big guy what's the most memorable throw time that you've been thrown so where you've been the victim of a hard throw like where it happened and you just you felt oh man it in all the inches was, of your uh, body um, I didn't, you know, I've, I, growing up, I did the whole arts to fall thing. It was one of those things I just did as a kid. So like, I've never not known how to fall. Um, but even though you may know how to fall, you still feel it. You may just not be damaged by it, but probably the worst fall I've ever taken, uh, was against, uh, a guy on the support ball. I forget his name now. Big dude, big dude. He was a football player. His name will come to me when the podcast is over. I'm sure. Um, we were at the semifinals in Pans, I think it was semifinals. I think it was semifinals. And um, he came in for this very sloppy, like, single leg. And, and I thought, oh, man, like, I'll be fine. You know, like, I, I can defend this. I've, I can see it coming. It'll be good. And he was just so powerful and so, so suddenly explosive that he, like, he didn't just, like, like run the pipe or like you know do like a leg trip he simply like lifted me by my one thigh like straight up like over his head <laughs> and uh and i was like oh cool you know just just throw a triangle like you're in perfect position he's got one arm in one arm out just throw a triangle and you'll have a submission here and then i just kept going up and up and up and up and i felt like i was going to be like my head was going to be the end of a sledgehammer getting tossed on a on a on a tire you know like I figured he was just going to spike me straight down. He did. He spiked me straight back. And uh, I landed square on my shoulders. You know, my head didn't bounce or anything, but that, that was probably the worst fall I've taken. It sounds like when Daniel Cormier picked up, I can't remember if it was Alexander Gustafsson or someone, but he picks him up and it it's – this is like heavyweight where these aren't little guys and he just picks them up, holds them and like walks them to the center of the ring and throws them down. Right. Right. He didn't walk with me. He just like, he did like a, like if you're swinging a sledgehammer above your head, you know, like he kind of swung his shoulders back a little bit and kind of came down real hard. Yeah. So you got to be the hammer of Thor. <laughs> I, I did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and like I said, luckily I knew how to fall. I think if I hadn't known how to fall, you know, um, like I, that could have really hurt me. Like I could have, you know, gotten my wind knocked out of me, which could affect the performance. I could have, you know, bounced my head off the mat. Like all those things could have happened. That's it for questions. Before we go, just in theme of your birthday, uh, which is <laughs> April 
14. Oh shit. Hold on. I looked up, I looked up people who you share a birthday with, but let me make sure I may have looked up people who have a birthday of April 18th. <laughs> um, let's see. I did. Yeah. So, uh, I'll use it. I'll, I'll just, I'll look at this new list. Damn. The list I had, you, if your birthday was on April 18th, you had some good birthdays. You had like Courtney Kardashian. You had, oh, Jesus. Uh, How's that good? It just matches your personality really well. Oh, totally. Totally. Yes. <laughs> so you share a birthday with Sarah Michelle Geller, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's oh, okay. what that was. Uh, you share it with man, not nearly as many interesting people as April 18th. <laughs> wow. There's really no one remarkable on April 14th, Croyler. I'm sorry. There's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the uh anthony michael hall the dude from the breakfast club the the red-haired kid that's that's a adrian brody there you go um, i don't know who that is oh do i know who that is he was uh, that sounds familiar that sounds familiar he's in the movie the, the pianist the he's been in a lot of stuff you know if you saw him oh anderson silva do i really i didn't know yeah. that huh okay and you know who was born in 1989 Who's that? A ton of people? Yeah, that's true. There are a lot of people. <laughs> Taylor Swift. Wow. Yeah, so... You, yeah, I feel like you're reaching out, but that's okay. You guys were born in the same year, so you probably... You do relate to a lot of her songs. Is that is that why I, you... I, I don't know that I could tell you a name of a single of her songs. Well, you know some things that happened in 1989? One of them, Seinfeld premieres. That's that's a good show. Yeah. Uh, okay. A. I'll give you. A, you'll have to guess this one. A. Don't leave too much away. A superhero debuted on the big screen for the first time in 1989. 1989. The Superman. Nope. Batman. Yes, Michael Keaton, Tim Burton, yeah. Batman. Yeah, that was, that, that, was a, that was a good Batman. Yeah, that was the first, I guess that was the first Batman movie. Right, that was a good one, yeah. Another one came out, I'll give you a hint. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Oh, <laughs> oh. Uh, uh, Go where the people are. I wanna da, 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 walking around on those. What's that word again? Come on, Corey. I, I don't know this. Feet up where they walk, up where they run, up where they stay all day in the sun. Nothing. You gotta know this. I don't know this. All right, I'll do another song for it. Sha la 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 la, don't be shy. Da 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 da. You wanna kiss the girl? Whoa whoa. Ba da da da. No? I don't know this one either. Okay, last one. Under the sea. Under the sea. Darling, it's better down where it's wetter. Take it from me. I don't know that one. The Little Mermaid, man. Is that The Little Mermaid? That yes. one seems semi familiar, so I wasn't sure if that was Little Mermaid or not. Have you ever seen The Little Mermaid? I have. I have seen Little Mermaid. <laughs> I had cousins that were huge fans of The Little Mermaid. I, I thought that you would really associate with 
Ariel because she is someone who is sitting there and in this song, I want to go where the people are. I want to be part of that world. You're this, you're this isolated little Brazilian boy, like sitting there looking at, at everyone like out there living their lives. And you're like, I want to go with the people. Oh, I want to be normal. I don't want to be this weird guy in a gi all the time. I just want friends. What should I do? I don't know. I'm so sad. I like that. I like that my one, one of my descriptors is this weird guy in the key. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think if you if you, we talk to ninety percent of the people who who have like seen you uh, or know a little bit about you, they'd be like, "Oh yeah, the weird guy in the key." <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good thing. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, we're gonna before we go. We we cannot leave without doing your horoscope today because it's oh my god <laughs> it, was your, it was your birthday so here's your birthday horoscope you'll find I'm oh, sorry yeah yeah birthday horoscope for Aries you'll find people from Cafe Astrology everyone you know we're big Cafe Astrology fans here sponsor of the show they've been with us since the beginning big shout out to Cafe Astrology do you want to say anything. For them, they gave you happy. They said, "Tell you happy birthday." Yeah, I don't have anything to say to them. That's real rude for a sponsor, but anyways, uh, <laughs> you'll find people are very much in your corner now, dear Aries. Like wow. cafe astrology, uh, and you can be taking the initiative with friends or networks. Your created your creativity or contributions can be especially appreciated. Someone may be expressing their affection for you today. It's a good time for cooperating and enjoying time with others. A Mercury-Venus sextile helps <laughs> smooth over differences through conversation. <laughs> what is... <laughs> I don't fucking know what that means. <laughs> a Mercury-Venus sextile. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh. You, need, you know what? That, that's, you need to get one of those. Whatever <laughs> I don't even, I don't know what that is, but I'm already like kind of aroused just by that, that phrase. <laughs> mm, Mercury oh. Venus sextile. Sign me up, whatever that is. Okay. <laughs> this influence puts you in a particularly favorable position to collaborate and cooperate. <laughs> Presenting your ideas, studying, and guiding are likely to go well. You can is this to- like uh, is this like like Chinese fortune cookies where you're supposed to add the in bed afterwards? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think most of these sentences you can finish that way. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, well, <laughs> later today the moon moves into your. Oh Jesus Christ! All right. Later. T- this is the last sentence. Later today the moon moves into your privacy sector. Ooh. <laughs> However, and taking some time out can be healthy. Yeah, Croiler. So. Just remember, if you remember nothing else, and people listening for this podcast, remember Mercury Venus sextile, and the moon moves into your privacy sector. Hey, that sounds promising. I want you to use that that, that line on your uh, wife later. Just go, oh God, I feel like the moon is moving into my privacy sector. Yeah, I don't think so. She might think it's really oddly poetic. Maybe. <laughs> oh man! Oh. Well, that's a good way to end this. Happy birthday, you beautiful Mercury sextile, Mercury Venus sextile. <laughs> and hey, I can't wait till the next time I see you because I promise you, the moon's gonna be going to your private sector. 
Okay, then. <laughs> All right, man. I'll All see right. you later. Yep, see you. Bye. Uh-huh.